I was in labor and I got an email from a client and I replied to the email and I said, I'm just in labor. It was so hopeful um, you weren't going to say that. I know. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I'm just in labor. And I was like, I'm a, I'm, I think I'm like the doctor's about half an hour away and I'm about to get my epidural. And I was like, so can I give you a call in about an hour? Hi everyone, it's Summer and Ellie here. Welcome to the Magnify Podcast. If you've ever wanted to know more about developing your purpose or wondered how to deal with imposter syndrome or asked how can my faith help me in my work, then you found the right place. We'll be asking questions to get frank about the endless list of topics we all grapple with in work, all while using faith as a backdrop. And the best part, we'll be getting answers from dynamic individuals at the top of their spheres. With our guests, we'll be entering into some very candid, honest, and funny chats, which we know will leave you informed, intrigued, and inspired in your faith and work lives. So if you're like us and you're wanting to constantly evolve in your career and faith, then get ready, because this is the Magnify Podcast. Today, we're talking about burnout. I'm so excited to get stuck into this conversation. I don't know about you, Summer. Yeah, me too. I feel like it's a topic which so many of us can relate to and have already dealt with in our own lives and we'll probably have to deal with again. Um, And because of the way it can impact our work and our health, it's important to be aware of it and to know how to manage it. Yeah, so in this episode, we're speaking with Rochelle Curry, founder of Australian organic beauty company, Nila Botanics. And as a mother, founder and author, Rochelle does juggle a lot in her life and like most of us has seen burnout as well, which she now recognizes is as a result of her not wanting to disappoint people. She shares with us her journey as an entrepreneur, her own experience with burnout, how she recognizes it in her own life and how she prevents it. So let's listen in. Hi, Summer. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Good. You're looking warm. I know. I was just about to say you're looking very summery. Shiny because I'm sweaty. Me too. Uh, (laughs) It's so warm. Yeah, it really is. Yesterday I had a meeting um, and I was just staring at my forehead and I was like, I'm pretty sure the other person can see themselves in my forehead. Like it's so shiny right now. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hi, Rochelle. Hi, Rochelle. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Nice to meet you. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This was like perfect timing in terms of time of day for me because all the kids, well, I have two kids, but they're asleep. So Oh, that's great. That is good. I I was actually thinking that we were, we were doing some research yesterday. I was like, oh, she's in, she's in Australia. So that means like, it's like 9 p.m. It's like 9 p.m. There. I was like, I'm sure that it's going to be super late. And then it's perfect. Oh, good. I I get, I feel like I get my best work done. Like when they're asleep or when like or like in the morning but mostly when they're asleep because I feel like in the morning I'm like half asleep (laughs) well good then good timing yeah (laughs) (laughs) well it's so nice to meet you we're so excited to have you on this is the magnified podcast and um of course we're so excited to talk to you um just to kick things off we wanted to just do a quick game of like this or that so quick, quick thinking, <laughs> don't think too much about it. They're really okay. easy questions. Um, so the first one is tea or coffee? Coffee, oh my gosh. Absolutely. Good. <laughs> books or movies? Oh, goodness. I'm going to say books. I love a movie, but I like them being able to like create like what they look like in my head. Mm. If that makes sense, you know? yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, city or countryside? Ugh. Gosh, you know what? This is a hard one. I, I'm going to say like for everyday city. I'm going to say city. Yeah. I think I, okay. in my heart, I'm a city girl, but I do love, there is something about the country, but I couldn't do it forever. So in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Early start or late night? Oh, 
Billy, stop. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, definitely. Podcast or music? Music. Oh my gosh, love music. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this one might be easy for you. Snow or sun? <laughs> oh my gosh, sunshine for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I snow, but then do you know what's funny? People that like I have cousins in Canada, and when we were there a couple of years ago, we were talking about the snow, and they were like, and I was like, it's so beautiful, blah blah, and they're like, it's a pain. Yeah. You have to dig it, and then like your car in the morning you like oh yeah water too hot when you like pour it on it like breaks like i was like oh, okay, oh yeah you know yeah what? yeah this is a lot <laughs> yeah it is a lot it looks nice but it's really not that practical not that. yeah <laughs> i just want it one day on christmas and then i want it to go yeah, away. literally, yeah. literally. <laughs> working alone or working in a team oh i'm such a control freak but i do like <laughs> i do like team i do like having someone else other people to talk to so i'll say team <laughs> Yeah. Um, cats or dogs? Dogs. Oh my gosh. Dogs. Absolutely. Dogs. <laughs> I have two dogs. So I agree. Win an Oscar or a Grammy? Oh, I'm going to say Grammy because I have like music in my veins. So I'll say Grammy, yeah. but I mean, an Oscar would be so cool. Hey? The they Grammys. both would. <laughs> I've practiced, I've, I've made like fake speeches for Grammys for sure. We've all been there. <laughs> Last question. Skincare or makeup? Skincare. Yeah. Yeah. I- I like I'm so bad at makeup I can do one look and thankfully it works but people are like can you show me how to do makeup and I'm like I just this is all I know how to do (laughs) I know I feel the same like literally since probably high school oh that's not true I mean I probably have added some things in here and there but like I probably have the same eyeliner I've been using for like 10 years yeah and I should probably move on from that I know no I'm the same there's so many things that I do that I'm like god I have a skincare brand like this is really bad (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, it's so true, right? Like, like mascaras and things. I'm just like, I buy this, and it's just like, I know, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um, and then we always love to do a question as well that we all answer as well. So, what's a topic that you could give a 30-minute presentation on, like right now? So, Rochelle, do you want to start with this one? Yes, I would say, um, I I had to think about this one and I thought that was such a cool question, but I would say probably um, like types of alternative milk in coffee. Oh, (laughs) wow. That is niche. (laughs) That is so niche. What is my thing? And then it was so funny because I had a conversation with a barista at a cafe the other day because I'm all about oat milk and Mm -hmm. But I've had everything because like, I don't drink dairy, but I'll have cheese. Anyway, I just don't drink dairy. <laughs> but my kids all had like milk protein allergies when they were babies. So I had to like cut out all dairy. And so I can tell you which one's the best in coffee and why. And like, yeah, so that's, yeah. So, so is oat milk, yeah, is oat milk the best in coffee then? Oat milk is the best in coffee because it is apparently, I don't really drink normal milk, but it tastes the most like dairy, but it also like, the way in which like it froths in, mm-hmm. in like is the most like dairy as well. So I know like oh. soy can curdle if you go too long yeah. um, and depending yeah. on like the water content and all that sort of stuff. But yes. So, oh, you no. know, which other, which other one that I really enjoyed was um, I haven't had it in a long time, but cashew milk was actually really Ooh. good in coffee. Yes. Yes. It's really creamy. It's like, it, it's, it almost is like a full fat milk, but it's yes. Yeah. Macadamia is also nice depending on the, brand so there's a couple mm. of brands but depending on the macadamia nut like the macadamia 
um, milk brand. It can be, re- yeah, it's really yummy as well. Oh, I've never right. tried that actually. Yeah, now, that now I want to go buy all, all the, all the <laughs> milk. Do you know what I actually <laughs> did buy the other day to try out was pea milk and it was actually oh, really oh. good. Yeah. It froths really well in a coffee. It, yeah. Wow. That's actually, that is a good milk as well. And so is hemp, hemp seed milk. I don't yeah. know hemp mm. milk. Um, that oat, oat wins and Oatly, the brand Oatly. So yeah, yeah. that sure. is yeah a great answer to the question. I love that. <laughs> Ellie, what's yours? I mean, I feel like I can't really say this because you're literally like the founder of a skincare brand, but I have been watching a lot of like skincare YouTube videos, skincare reels on Instagram. So I feel like at the moment, I mean, it's very basic knowledge, but I could comment on a couple of things, you know? Yes. I think I would choose to do a presentation on the creating like the perfect bedroom because I feel like there's there's such a like um well a you spend so much time in your bed and like in the sheets that it's just so important to have like good bedding and the feng shui of your bedroom and like keeping it calming and keeping it like a serene environment you know I think I could actually talk a long time about about optimizing a bedroom space. I love that. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we'll get onto the topic a bit more now. Yes. But we always love to start off with the question of what was your childhood like and what do you think are the values that have shaped you into the woman you are now? So I grew up in Australia. I was born here, but my parents had moved here two years before I was born and they um, were refugees. So um, my upbringing was very like I didn't think there was any, like I didn't know any better but like my parents worked a lot so for as long as I can remember I was like in childcare, after school care before school care all of that sort of stuff because they worked alternate time so like one worked in the morning one worked in the afternoon so that you know all that kind of thing um but as soon as we got our permanent residency my grandparents got to come here from Sri Lanka. So they were able to sponsor them and bring them over. This is my mum's parents. And so like my childhood was filled with spending time with my grandparents, which I love. Like my grandma, um, like she would often do like bedtime stories with us. And um, it was really interesting because my parents actually spoke to us in English and spoke to each other in Tamil um, because I think they wanted to set us up for a win here. So it was like, well, they need to know English. So we'll speak to them in English. But also I think it helped them learn a little bit as well. It was like, they're learning it at school. So we'll speak it and, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, but then when my grandparents moved here, my grandma only spoke Tamil. So then it was kind of cool because then we got to speak in Tamil to her and then in English to my parents and all that sort of stuff. But we grew up in, I grew up in like the suburbs of Melbourne, um, very multicultural area. Um, but yeah, just like had like, the most I I loved it I mean we also had like a lot of family so I grew up with like all my cousins and um it was just like a very fun upbringing like I I we didn't have a lot but like we didn't know like I didn't know any better and it was like it was actually like perfect like I loved it but I think like the values that really shaped me were family it's like a massive thing family is huge um like to this day like i you know we have like whatsapp chats and messenger chats with all my cousins and things and we catch up as much as we can and i like you know if i'm driving i'll always call a cousin to like see how they're going so i think like extended family was a big thing so family's a big thing and i think also like church going to church every sunday 
to the 8am service, which I hated. <laughs> um, I was just like, why can't we go to the 11 o'clock service? Yeah. And I'm like, your day's gone, you know, like you yeah. 11 o'clock and then we get home and it's lunchtime and then you've missed the whole day. Yeah, I know the struggle. <laughs> I totally understand it now because I'm like, it's so true. Oh, early. Um, yeah. so we always went to the 8am service and we like we were every single week but yeah my mum especially is like a very much a faith-filled woman and so she really drilled that into us and then I think my grandmother was the same like a praying woman so like just growing up around yeah I think family and faith were probably like the biggest um, things like I just always knew to talk to God like from a young age um, mm-hmm. like if I was scared or if I couldn't find anything I remember like the first time I couldn't find a shoe <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember like my Sunday school teacher saying just you know ask because you know when you're like a kid when you ask God to pray yeah. for, like, a, you know you don't really have any issues <laughs> like if you can't find something ask God to help you I remember I was like in my room and I was like I can't find my runner that we were running late to go somewhere and I needed this shoe and I was looking everywhere and I was like please Jesus can you help me and I remember like I looked in the corner and it was <laughs> and the shoe oh was my there gosh. And, like, I was like oh my god it works <laughs> it works <laughs> he, he, he and so it was just like that little thing and I think God does that you know like those little moments where you're just like that tiny little bit of like yeah I am real and it's like that like mm. that's what you need to like keep going but yeah and so I think like faith was a big thing um and yeah so those those I think were the two biggest values that really like shaped me growing up Mm. yeah I love that I love the story of the shoe there as well I, I always used to do that where I'd be like if you do this one thing I'll never ask for anything again I'd, I'd like trade off <laughs> so true. oh my gosh I relate to that so much yeah. so good so <laughs> amazing and just moving on to like your career now um you've obviously done a lot of things so what have been sort of the proudest moments throughout your career so far when you look back on it yeah oh my gosh I mean it's interesting, like when I was at university, so I studied, um, I did a Bachelor of Communications and majored in PR. So my whole goal in life was just to, I don't know, be a publicist to someone famous. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's what, like, that was the dream. Um, or like to be like a manager, so like a communications manager or a marketing manager. I was like, that's what I'm going to do one day. And then I, um, like I got to that quite early. Like I think I was 25 when I became a marketing manager and I was like, hmm. I don't know that I love this. Um, I mean, it was great. But then I just remember being like, I just felt like I had so much more to give. And I was like, I don't know that I could do this forever. And I remember like I was talking to like this lady that I worked with who I was just like, I don't know if this is like for me. Like, I don't know. But I'm like, I'm so young. Like, what's my life going to look like? And she was like, if you could do one thing and one thing only, like, what would you do? And I was like, I would sing. And then she was like, did not think you were going to say that. (laughs) I was like, I would write songs and sing. And she's like, oh, okay. And so she's like, well then, you know, do it. Just give it a go, whatever. And then then my husband and I wrote music. um, And it was so funny because we just like write random songs or whatever. And then I had this singing teacher and I was like, oh, do you want to hear this song I wrote? And then he was like, this is amazing. Like, are you going to do something with it or can, can I take it and do something with it? And I was like, do you think it's good? And he was like, yes. This is so then it was just like, oh, maybe this is the thing we need to do. And so I think at, like it was amazing. We went to America and we recorded with this like incredible Grammy award winning producer who produced like the Lumine- Lumineers. Is that what they call mm-hmm. Lumineers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. Lumineers and Vance Joy. And he'd worked with all these amazing artists. And he was like, yeah, I want to produce this song. And so that was really amazing. Like that was like such a, like once in a lifetime experience. Mm. Um, 
and then I had got pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I think we released a song and then I got pregnant the next year or something. And then I remember being like, I still want to do this, but then I don't know that I want to do this. And it was just such Mm. like a, oh, this is really sad because I don't know what to do anymore. And then I guess, yeah. And then like having kids, everything changes. I remember pre, like while I was pregnant, like all the plans that I had for my life, yeah, they just were not going to happen. After I was like, I'll send her to childcare when she's like three months old and we'll do this and do that. I had a, we have a dog who was like my baby. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to love this kid more than I love the dog. Like the dog is my child. And I remember my sister being like, ah, oh, about that. Um, and then obviously I had my daughter and like everything changed. I was like, what is this? Like love? I don't know what this is. Um, and then, yeah, I just, was so attached like I couldn't didn't want to leave her with anyone for more than like an hour because I was like this is my baby and so I think that completely changed everything but yeah like starting Miller Botanics has been completely left field for me I think probably like yeah the most amazing thing would be creating Miller Botanics literally like out of like just like a a word and then like Mm. seeing it come to life has probably been the most incredible thing ever because it's like Mm. it's when people are like like yeah I find it really hard to take credit for it because I feel like I have no idea how this has happened like how it's got to where it is how we've like created a product how we've managed like it's just wild to me because like when I first started I thought I was just gonna mix um oils in my bathroom and like put them in jars (laughs) (laughs) people do that right my sister was like no you can't do that you need to go through like a lab like a factory like you know you Mm. need to like it needs to be hygienic (laughs) not not diy Um, not diy so i think that's probably been like the most amazing thing but also like had you asked me that 10 years ago like if someone said to me 10 years ago you're gonna have a beauty brand and like two kids and like love being a stay-at-home mom i'd be like you're crazy that's Mm. definitely not me so i think yeah that's been a massive highlight. Yeah, amazing. So you've kind of gotten into a little bit about how you started Nila Botanics, yeah. but it, but what is kind of like the mission behind it um, or kind of like, you know, the story besides yeah. the... the... Besides the little Holy Spirit whisper. Um, <laughs> I, uh, so what happened? I, so when you have babies, your like hair falls out. I think when you've got dark hair, you really notice like when your hair's falling out a lot yeah. more than say, if you had like lighter hair. But I just remember like looking on the bathroom floor and being like, dear God, it's happening. And um, I talked to my, I was like looking into like supplements and things to help grow my hair. Because I remember my mum saying to me, yeah, like when my hair fell out, it never really came back the same. And I was like, no, like that can't really, like no way. And so I was looking into all these supplements and things. And then it was obviously in my mind, like, what am I going to do about my hair? And then, yeah, this thought came in to make a hair oil. And um and so when I was a little girl, my grandma used to put oil in my hair. Um, and so like I called my mum and I was like, why did, why did they put oil in hair? And she's like, oh, they do it to help it grow and make it strong. Like it's just, that's what they do in Sri Lanka. And I was like, okay. And so like I went to the Sri Lankan store and then I just started playing with it. Um, and then I realised there was no ingredients listed on these products. And I was like, what's in this? And I didn't know. So I started Googling like through the country, like the, you know, each brand and it was all in like different languages and so I was like google translating literally copy and paste and then google translate Mm. see what and then I noticed there's a lot of fillers and that was like it would say that it was like almond oil but there was like 50 ingredients in it and I was like this can't be great 
like all this stuff. So I literally um, was like, I wonder if I source these ingredients individually and like organically, like if it'll have the same effect, if you'll need to use as much, if it'll smell different, like how, and so literally I just like started playing around. And so like gave it to a whole lot of friends to try and everyone had really good feedback. And so, um, yeah. And then I started to create, um, like really formulate the oil, but the crazy thing is, right. So it was just going to be a hair brand. So I was going to do hair oils, shampoo, conditioner, bath. Like it was literally just going to be focused on hair. Mm. And I gave it to like an Australian retailer and they have like beauty scouts that test all their products um, before they like, you know, get them into stores. And I got an email and they were like, so um, we had a lady and she put the oil on her face. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, she's got laser treatment on her face and all her hair's grown back. I was like, what has happened? <laughs> and she's like... Um, and she was like, uh, she's had psoriasis her whole life and this oil's completely made it disappear. And I was like, what? And then she was like, I'm not sure what's in it. If it's one particular ingredient, but she was like, perhaps you want to expand your range to make a skin oil. Cause she was like, from our experience, customers don't really want to buy something for their hair and put it on their face, which is fair enough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, (laughs) you don't put shampoo on your face. Like it would just be weird. Um, and so I was like, oh okay so we need to reformulate that to do skin and then it just opened a whole amount of like things that we could do after that yeah yeah it's a bit of a long story (laughs) (laughs) no I I love love hearing that I love that like yeah (laughs) (laughs) no it's really interesting to hear like your entrepreneurial journey I think it's always fun to kind of like look back like you said you had so many expectations of like what you wanted to do. Um, and it just kind of changes and sometimes for the better, right? Like you kind of figured this whole, this whole beauty company out. Um, and kind of, kind of jumps into like our next question, which is, I guess, what were your expectations of being an entrepreneur before you became a mother? And then how have those expectations changed as you've become a mother and a businesswoman at the same time? Yeah. I mean, like I, like I think before having kids, I probably, and this sounds really, um, it's really like, it probably sounds really bad, but I was probably very materialistic in my approach. So I would have been mm. like, you know, all the nice things. Like before I even started the business, I would be like, I need the nice laptop and the notebook and the good pens before I even like haven't written out an invoice. Like that's kind of like probably my mentality. And also I would have thought that I wouldn't have, um, like it was just super glamorous. Like I remember like, mm. Um, you know, like, you know, it would be like, well, I need to buy like a wardrobe for like my entrepreneur me. Cause you know, I'm always going to be wearing like high heels and shirts mm. and high waisted skirts and blah, 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 blah. That's probably like, that's literally what I would have thought. But also I think before having kids, I would have been like, great. My kids will just be in childcare all the time and I'm going to work. And that would, that was totally my mentality. Even when I was pregnant, I was like, that's what my life is going to look like because there is no way I want to be at home with kids all the time. And then after having kids, I think the biggest thing that's changed is one, like my attachment to my children, which I did not expect. Um, but I like, I'm, I'm so attached to them. Like I love them so much. Like I, like my son is like both my, my daughter didn't start childcare till she was like two and a half. And also I think like the mission I, um, so we, I probably would have just started a brand and like just thought about money and like, how do we make more money and like profit and all that sort of stuff. Whereas like for me, it's like, I just, I don't see any point in like, having influence or, or 
making money if you're not going to give back. And Mm -hmm. so like now we like, I'm like, we um, give to a charity and well, orphanage, we donate to an orphanage in Sri Lanka. We have like a monthly commitment and we donate to them. Um, But then I'm always looking for other avenues. And it's funny because like sometimes I'm like my, charitable head is like far ahead of like where we are financially and mm. I'm like when can we start donating to this when can we start getting to that and like one of my one of my girlfriends is like to me she's like it's good to have those goals but like also just be okay with the season you're in like it's okay that you can't like donate to everything right now um and it's good to have those goals but like you know you also do need to focus on growing a business which is true mm. but definitely like I think just like our giving and like just like everything has to have a purpose like you know it's not just for nothing like we have to be able to like change lives um but also so like every product it has um psalm 8 verse 3 on it which says when i looked you when i look at your heavens the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have set in place and it actually is not the finish so nila means moon in tamil so i wanted a psalm that had Mm. well i wanted a bible verse that related to the moon but it actually isn't the like that's not the full verse. And I did that on purpose because when you look it up, the finishing, I'll read it. Cause I'm like, I'm going to totally not um, quote it properly. <laughs> but um, I wanted someone to, I wanted people to read it and be like, what is this? And then it finishes as, yeah, when I could, yeah, the work of your hands, the, mo- the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you've set in place. Mm. And then it says, what is my- mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? And it basically talks, and the rest of it talks about like how he has, like how God like loves people and what he's, you know, that he's put us above. You made us just a little lower than the angels and you've crowned them with glory and honor and all that sort of stuff. And so I just was like, I just hope someone looked it up and they're like, oh, wow, like this is about Mm. me. Like it's actually not about the moon and the stars. It's like Mm. about what God thinks of us. Mm. Um, Yeah. So it's on every single one of our packaging. So it's like everything like has like purpose, I think. It would have been about me and now it's like all about others. And that's Mm. kind of like you know, in everything we do. Yeah, no, I I think that's so amazing because I think like when you are, you know, you know the true purpose of what you're doing and your why in the hard times, that's like what gets you through. You just go back to that and you're able to just push through despite it all. Absolutely, absolutely. And like we had a lot of hard times getting the brand. Oh my God, we had so many like hiccups. And um, there's a crazy story. We literally, we like, we go to, we go to Hillsong and um, they have like a, like at the end of the financial year, they do like a big giving season. And I remember I was like, Oh, I really want, I really had this like figure on my heart that I wanted to give. Cause there were so many like amazing initiatives that were happening. And I really wanted to like be able to give to that. And like, we just, we, we like had no money and like the business was just launched literally like we'd paid so many invoices and it was like, everything was like every single set we had was like allocated to something else. And then I remember like, it was like, um, it was like the 31st of June was obviously the cutoff because it's like the end of financial year. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I guess we're just not going to be able to give this year. Like, that's fine. And uh, I was like, you know, well, next year, whatever. And then I was like, but I remember being like, but God, like you told me to do this. Like, I feel so sad that we can't give. Mm-hmm. And um, we had got a feature in the newspaper, like the local Melbourne newspaper. And I didn't think anything would happen. And we'd taken the photos like a couple of weeks before and I didn't know when it was going to run. And then I got a text from the journalist saying, oh, your, um, your feature's running tomorrow. And it was the 30th of June. 
I was like, oh, amazing, great. And I was like, this like isn't going to do anything, but we might get some Instagram followers. That's all I thought of it. We sold out wow. after that one article. But we sold out in one day. And then I remember it was like, oh my gosh, like we can actually give now. That is amazing. Yeah. Funny little story. Yeah, <laughs> no, it really is. It's, it's such a good like little testimony there. Neela Botanics is an Australian beauty company offering all natural oils for hair and skin. If you're interested in trying out some Neela Botanics products, Rochelle has kindly given our listeners 20% off when you use the code MAGNIFY at checkout. Yes, they will put the Neela Botanics website and Instagram in the description box if you want to check out her products and we'll also leave the code down there as well. Sort of seeing the amount of goals that you have and the passion behind it all and obviously like you went into it thinking that your kids were going to be in daycare, but you've actually decided that you want to be with them. You juggle so many things. And today we wanted to speak a bit to burnout. Um, and yeah. I can imagine with juggling all those things, you very much probably yeah. have experienced that. So I'd love you to sort of speak <laughs> a bit to it and your experience with burnout as well. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like the first time I ever experienced burnout was like the year after I finished high school, I took a gap year. Um, but I like did like lots of volunteering at church and I also did went to Bible college. And I remember like, it was like the first time in my life where I wasn't bound by structure like school and I had control over all my time. And so all I was doing was like just giving, 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 like doing so much stuff. Um, like I was at church every single day and like doing all this stuff. And then I remember like it got to like maybe like May and I was like, I feel sick and I'm just always in a bad mood <laughs> and I remember like talking to someone I'm like I'm just like I don't understand what's happening and they're like pretty sure you burnt out think you need to take some time off and I was like oh okay and it was just like that was the first time I realized like when you have control over all of your time it's actually quite dangerous as in like you need to be strategic with it it's like if you don't plan then you plan to fail um and that's mm. something that I totally like believe in and it's like not even just in like your work life but just in general life and so I think having um after having my kids um I was very much like so when I had Willow I still had like a freelance marketing business um and I remember I was in labor this is so funny I was in labor and I got an email from a client and I replied to the email and I said, I'm just in labor. It was so hopeful um, you weren't going to say that. I know. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I'm just in labor. And I was like, I'm a, I'm, I think I'm like the doctor's about half an hour away and I'm about to get my epidural. And I was like, so can I give you a call in about an hour? Because I was like, I would have had my epidural and we can chat. And she replied. And then we like, can chat. Oh. <laughs> she was like, Michelle? I don't want to hear from you for, for three months at least. She's like, please don't call me. Please, please don't check your emails. Like you're good. Like they all knew I was having a baby, but like, you know, obviously like I hadn't told them like, Oh, it's happening today. And so like, it was mm. just a random email. And then they were like, please don't ever like, do not call us. Like, <laughs> like we don't want to hear from you unless it's like photos of your baby. Um, and, I was like, and then it was so funny. Cause I remember when I did eventually go in to have like a meeting with them and like the big boss, like brought it up and I was like, and they were also like fascinated by it. And I was like, it, like, does that not happen? Like, do people not do that? And they were like, no, like no one does that. I was like, really? And so I think like, I just have like this innate, like work ethic in me, which mm. I feel like it comes from like not wanting to disappoint people. Mm. Um, and it's like, it filters into like every area. Like if I go to a gym class and the instructor says, all right, and to make it harder, do this. Like I have to try because I'm like, I, 
don't want to disappoint you. And so like <laughs> that has been like such a massive um, learning thing, especially over the last probably 12 months of like, no one is actually disappointed except yeah. me. And so um, like, I remember like telling my sister one day, like about my Pilates, like I go, I do reformer Pilates and I was saying how like I always do the hard option because, and she's like, why? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I just, that's just, isn't that, doesn't everyone? And she's like, no, I, was like, I don't know. Like it's super, like it's my competitive nature. Yeah. But she's like, no one, but she's like, you know, no one cares, right? Like it's just you. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess. And then it like, yeah. And like, I think coming out of like the lockdown period of being home with my kids 24 seven, um, I think like working out how to like, how to identify burnout and not as it being like I'm just tired yeah as um I'm just like oh I'm just having a bad day or whatever but actually like having things in place where you kind of like pick up where you're heading in that direction if that makes sense the biggest things are um I need to like have time for myself so exercise is a massive thing and so like I need to make it a priority because it's like my time to like switch off zone out and like actually do things that are good for me I never used to believe in morning routines because all the ones I used to read about involved like waking up really early to do yoga and I was like no that's not happening (laughs) but I but I do have a morning routine now and it involves making coffee (laughs) but I actually think that little reset in the morning to yourself and like just like a little ritual so like I um will make my coffee. I got a coffee machine for Christmas and it was like the best thing ever. And so like I grind it, I turn it on and it has to, has to be on for 30 minutes before I can start using it. So it warms up and like hearing the beans grind and then I make my porridge while I'm making my coffee and like doing all that. But it's like, I get the kids organized first. They've had their breakfast. They're like, you know, doing their morning thing. And then that's like my 15 minutes of me time. And then I think like, I'm also a list person. So like having a list of like, okay, it helps me not get overwhelmed. Whereas it's like, if you can be like, okay, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, cool. Like I can manage mm-hmm. that. As a, Cause if I don't have a list, I think I, I literally do nothing. Like yeah. I'll just like procrastinate for like yeah. the rest of my life. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm like exactly the same as that. Um, completely. And, and I love your point though, of just like your morning routine isn't getting up like two hours before everyone else and doing yoga and going on a run and all these things. But it's like a realistic um like takeaway of just taking those like five minutes because I feel like with burnout you get to a point where you then have to take like two months off or something crazy just to like recover whereas if you just like five minutes at the beginning of your day five minutes on your lunch that's a realistic goal to set yourself to be able to actually implement in your everyday routine to avoid like taking those two months one month off and at the time you may be like I don't have time for that but actually when you look at the grand scheme of things you're able to take a step back you see it's really not that big of a deal at the end of the exactly. day exactly because like what's worse like having like you know two months off or just like you know 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it is sometimes those like you have to work at 5 a.m and you have to drink lemon water <laughs> and you have to do like, just like that's just not attainable <laughs> like I just no. don't even like lemon water <laughs> <laughs> I can relate like, yeah. you know what I mean like, yeah, so I'm no. like are you guys actually yeah. doing this like is Every this real day. or do you just write that in a magazine like yeah. I don't even I think it's purely for a magazine. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm like, I don't get it. I'm just like, no, yeah. no. I so related to your point as well of like choosing the hardest Pilates class. Um, cause yes. when I was at uni, um, my 
like my tutor actually pulled me aside and she was like you look really tired like what's going on and I was I was like working my job like 34 40 hours a week as well as like um doing union stuff and she was like what do you do that you just like enjoy doing for the sake of doing it and I was like oh I like running and she was like oh do you track your running and I was like yeah yeah like I have a I have an app and I like track every run and I'm always trying to beat myself and she was like yeah delete the app, get rid of it. She was like, you need something where you're doing it for the sake of enjoying doing it, not to beat yourself and not to like, like you said, like no one actually cares if like you beat your personal record and stuff, like you're doing it for yourself. So you need to make sure that that's actually useful to your time. And like, that's something I've thought about a lot since of, you need something in your day where you're just doing it for the sake of enjoying it. So easy to like find hobbies and make them not hobbies, you know, like they become like a, like a competitor. It's so true. And I would be this, I'm the same. Like if I ever used, like when I used to go to the gym, I would like get on a treadmill and look at the person next to me and be like, what are they doing? Higher incline. Yeah. And then like when I'd meet people that, and I was like, you don't do that? Like, everyone doesn't do that like what is wrong with me like why am I like this no definitely and I think you can really fall into like that whole culture of like being busy means you're being successful and your means that you're achieving your goals but yeah I don't know like for me personally I've definitely fallen trapped to that busy culture and saying like when people ask me how am I and I say I'm busy that's not actually answering the question of how you were doing that's just being like oh I'm really busy life is great you know like Hmm. don't have time for anything it's so true and I think like I um I like my default if things are really difficult or if I'm going through like a hard time is just to like distract myself with doing things instead of feeling the things Mm -hmm. I'm just like just gonna do everything I'm just gonna like put myself put my hand up to do everything or like you know whether it's like to do with work or kids or like I'll just like you know I'm like not a, a neat I'm like not a clean freak and I hate cleaning but like I'm just like I'm just gonna clean the toy room <laughs> do this and do all these things that I normally wouldn't do and it's like you know you just you just actually need to stop and feel you just need to like feel the things and just like mm-hmm. you know yeah. find out like why like why it's it's happening like why are you feeling this way why is this happening why is it like yeah um yeah going on yeah because yeah. I was listening I was telling someone about this actually the other day there was a podcast which was with mm-hmm. Brene Brown I can't remember who she had on but and it was actually about burnout and it just reminded me of what you said then of when you get to a point where like you're trying to process something you distract yourself I'm like so guilty of doing that but she was saying that's when you're like most victim to going into burnout because it's when you don't complete like your stress cycle. You stay in the yeah. middle of it rather than coming to an end of it. And wow. doing those things of like distracting yourself means you're staying in that middle. Whereas like when you take time out to actually process it, you're able to finish it and start again. Wow. Oh, that's such a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah. But it's really funny because I feel like when you have like worked out how to identify burnout and like deal with it you see it everywhere yeah. like yeah. you see like mm-hmm. or like you can notice it in conversations when you talk to people and they like are talking so much about work and they're just and it's just like wait mm-hmm. a second like yeah. when do you what do you do when you're not working oh you don't not work okay like <laughs> how do you relax when was the last time you like you know watch the tv like and then you kind of i did like you know and i chat to like you know mum friends or like other business friends and i'm just like okay, like, do you think like, what, like, do you think you need a break maybe? Like, mm. you know, do you, like, do you want to catch up for lunch? Should we just like, should we hang out for a day or just like, like you yeah. identify it like 100%. Mm. And I feel like you can, it's like language. Like, even if it's just like what they're saying, like, you know, or like, you know, like, yeah, I'm busy or like, yeah, like 
things are crazy at the moment. I think that's like such a giveaway. Like, yeah, they don't say busy, like, oh, it's so crazy right now. Or like, you know, um, I've got so much going on. Well, like what happens when all that's taken away? Like then yeah. what? Like, I think that's, I think that's so relatable though, because it, you can feel so guilty for even thinking like, oh, I should take a break or I should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's definitely part of our culture now too, right? Is that anytime we are extremely busy, there's this huge amount of guilt on our backs because we say, oh no, I can't afford to take a break or I have to finish this project or I have to continue doing, you know, doing this and and send it over. Um, So with that, how do you realistically and practically actually take time to avoid burnout and take time to rest? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. Um, I, the reality is like holidays, we may not be able to go overseas. We may not be able to do all those things. So it's like, how do I find time for myself? So I actually, it actually was recent. I found this, there was a place that I was like scouting for a Nila Botanics photo shoot. I'd been there before, like five years ago. Hadn't been there for a long time. And it's um, like probably like a 45 minute drive from my house. But it was like the, it's like, how do I describe it? Like, tops and like beach and it's just like mm-hmm. stunning beautiful like amazing place to have photos um but I remember going there and I was like this isn't going to be where I, where I photo shoot is but this is my new like happy place <laughs> like, this is my new like I need to go here like once every and so literally like um I'll have like a Sunday morning and I'll say to my husband I'm like okay like I need like all of Sunday morning to myself um we normally go to church Sunday night, so it works. Um, but I'm like Sunday morning, like I need Sunday morning to like, that's my thing. And I, and I, and I, and I found that like, I actually need to do it by myself, like, mm-hmm. because I can't rest if I've got the kids, I can't mm-hmm. rest if I'm like out for brunch with a friend, like it's not rest. It's like, it's still busyness. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I actually have to be okay with my own company. And also, and this is like a new thing that I've learned. It doesn't have to be expensive. Whereas like before I'd been like, it needs to be in a nice hotel. We have to have like, you know, like yeah. you have to go to like the nice resort with the kids and that's, and it's like, it can just be a free trip down to the beach. And like, yeah. that is like rest. We've really appreciated your time, Michelle. Thank, Thank you so much. Wow. What an amazing conversation. I really love how open and honest she was with us about everything in her life. Yeah. So amazing. Just always a pleasure to hear um, people's stories and what they've been through as well. Yeah. I think the biggest thing I took away from the conversation was just allowing yourself time in your everyday to rest and relax. She made it clear that it's super important time within our daily schedules in order to avoid having to take a month off in order to recover from burnout. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think mine as well, like when we were talking about busy culture and how we don't have to be busy all the time to be successful you know like that is what leads to burnout so one thing that I always try to remember and I think that Rochelle touched on as well is like always just keep track of when the last time was that you did the things that you enjoyed and if you realize that it was two weeks ago you're probably in a cycle in your life where you're heading for burnout if you haven't made time for those things like going to the beach like going for a walk all of those things but yeah a great conversation Thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure you share this episode and tag us on social media with the lesson that you've learned as we love to hear how you're growing and how these episodes are serving you. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on a new episode and feel free to leave us a review as it really does help us out. 